0: For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed, from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And that is Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and in front of me, like always, the president, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? Good to be with you again today. All right. Well, it is good to be back. Uh, We were off a couple of weeks, uh, and it's not because I had COVID. Uh, We were just taking a little break, and we are back this week, and uh, hopefully we'll continue on uh, each week with new guests. Uh, We do have a special guest next week. We'll be talking about end times and premillennialism with pastor tom hughes so that should be very interesting uh steve how's everything been going in the ministry it's been good yeah good it's been
1: uh kicking back into gear again have pretty good traffic people coming into the ministry to check out bibles and christian books and selling a lot of coffee so it's been great to see people again get back into doing the bible studies and so
0: yeah uh, no it's been absolutely great uh, I hope everybody is doing well, especially still in this time that uh a lot of us are just going through uh difficulties with just the COVID, loss of job, a lot of anxiety. Uh again, uh we are praying for you guys out there and if you guys do need prayer, uh please reach out to the ministry. Um, you know, we are here for you and this Absolutely. is for send us an email or Yeah, please send us an email. Uh it is good to be back, guys. Uh Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I missed you guys. Uh, this week, uh, Steve and I are actually going to be running the podcast today, right. and we are going to be talking about Martin Luther and the 95 Thesis. Um, usually, when we talk about Martin Luth- Luther, uh, we usually you know give a little bit background on who he is and, yes, the uh, uh, 95 the- Thesis, um, but have we actually ever read or have you guys gone through the 95 Thesis? it's one of those things that uh everybody uh, talks about but few people actually read i think (laughs) yeah including me (laughs) yeah yeah oh i'm definitely guilty for sure of it so we'll we'll touch on uh some of the 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 thesis uh here today um but again this is going to be an introduction so we do want to give a background why this happened and and yeah so looking forward to that um Everyone, please subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, Stitcher Radio, and please visit our website at bridgeminlaredo.org. And remember, guys, we are trying to get a new facility, move into a bigger building, um, and we will take anything, a penny. Uh, This is super important as we move forward here and hopefully getting out of COVID, um, especially with homeschooling. I'm going to go... I just want to talk about this just a little bit. Uh, You guys have just seen a lot more interest in people homeschooling here at Bridge. Uh, Leanne Leanne is a a teacher uh, and just everything that's just going on here in the United States with the public school system. And everything that's happened, uh, parents are concerned and are looking to. Lord willing, we're going to have
1: a podcast here, too, coming up sometime. My daughter and and my wife, yes, Leanne, that's right. are, they've got a special event going on this weekend, actually, here. at the ministry.
0: Oh, okay, and,
1: wow. Uh, So, uh, yeah, it's something that people are asking a lot of questions about and, you know, Lord willing, we can put together a podcast and kind of talk about a few of those topics, you know, those questions people have, how do you get into it? And you know, what kind of materials you use and so
0: forth. Oh, wow. That, 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 that's going to be a really good podcast. So again, please pray for us and hopefully next year Or sooner uh, lord willing we can be in a bigger building and it's only uh, because of you guys that we are here and i just want to say thank you for everything that you guys do for the ministry amen martin luther was a german professor of theology composer priest augustinian monk who initiated the protestant reformation over 500 years ago that caused a seismic shift in all of christendom luther was born in Isabin, Germany in 1483 about 120 miles southwest of modern Berlin Germany to Margaret, mark Margaret and Hans Luther he was raised in Mansfield where his father worked at a local copper mine and obviously he's not here with us, so we can't introduce Martin Luther. Unfortunately, Welcome to the show, Martin Luther. Unless we do some grave sucking. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, uh, Steve, today we are going to be talking about Martin Luther and the 95 Thesis. Um, what is one of the things that stood out to you about Martin Luther and just his life as he is transitioning from a monk, a German monk, to him, to God revealing truth about uh about the gospel i
1: think one of the things that really sticks out to me about luther is his angst in the life that he had before coming to you know an understanding of the true gospel Mm. and his realization that that uh he was in trouble with a holy God, and Mm. that there was nothing that he could do to put himself in a right position. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so in this book, they refer to that with that German word. By the way, the book that we are using Mm. here today, um, is Martin Luther's Ninety Five Thesis by Stephen Nichols, mm-hmm. and we had him on for a few a few weeks ago, right? We yeah, did we, an interview with him.
0: Yeah, so we had Doctor Nichols' uh, uh, Church History. Yeah, about three podcasts ago, uh, roughly. And please go back and listen to that podcast. It was really, really informative. Yes. And so yeah, and this
1: book is just a, a brief booklet, super helpful. And so we're kind of using it as a as a guide today as we talk about Martin Luther. But the German word Anfechtung. It uh, refers to an inner struggle, temptation, or even mm. attack. And that's what Luther really dealt with for much of his life until you know, later in his life coming to a full appreciation of the gospel. And uh, so the, it's just amazing to me how God used him and God used that, um, that, that angst that he had in his life to really open up a reformation in the church and to bring us where we are really now we can all trace our roots back yeah. to that time of, of Martin Luther and those 95 thesis as, as Protestants. Yeah.
0: And, and, and again, all who call themselves Protestant, uh, can trace their roots to this protest of the 95 thesis. So yeah, exactly. That is the beginning. Um, you know, um, I guess we, we can talk about a little bit of just Martin Luther's works uh his works of, of of trying to appease a a god and earn his salvation you know um and and this guy worked really hard to get into heaven he did as, as a monk you know he, he even quotes he says as if i if ever a monk can get into heaven by his monkery I would have gotten there. <laughs> yeah. I, and for all of you guys who have uh, studied or learned about Martin Luther, you know, he, he said that about himself, you know, that if I was going to be that guy, it, it almost sounds like Paul, mm. you know, uh, before he came to know yeah. the truth. I mean, this guy was deep in Jewish tradition, into the, ten, uh, into uh, uh, the Torah, the Torah, and, and, and it was all just works, 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 works. If anybody could earn his
1: way into heaven, Paul could have. Yeah, and Luther should have as well,
0: if that was what was required in order for us to get into heaven. Didn't his didn't his priest tell him because he was just confessing everything and like sat for like go what away, I, get out of here, like it's enough. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so I I found that. Uh, just absolutely interesting. He he also wrote. He said, "In despair, I hope I might find peace of conscience with fast prayer and vigilance, which I miserably affected my body. But the more I sweated, it, sweated it out like this, the less peace and tranquility mm. I knew. Exactly. And those are those are words of Martin Luther. And there was a point where it says that he
1: even hated God because mm. he could find no rest. You know, he knew that." He was lacking, and uh, that there was nothing that he could do to engender um, acceptance by a holy God, and so he ended up actually hating God because he he feared him so so much, and realized that there was nothing he could do to earn his his forgiveness.
0: Can you imagine that? Just as as a, a person who is. Who first of all becomes a monk, you know, because he thinks that that's where he needs to go, Uh, and there's a there's a story behind that uh, and and how he became a monk, but we won't go into there go into that, but um, but I mean, and then just hating God because he just feels that you know that God is this big angry mean guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and he wants to make sure that he's trying to live a perfect life to get into heaven.
1: Yeah, I mean, wow, he realized that. There were righteous demands that God had put on him, you know, uh, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, you Mm. know, and we can't do that in and of ourselves, um, which is a realization that he eventually came to,
0: but it took him a while. Yeah. And it's just amazing how Luther, uh, after, you know, he's getting his theology straight and we can talk about that just a little bit. Uh, Luther was pointing people to the, the theology of the cross. Yeah. And I find that so rich, you know, even in his words where, no, this is not a theology of, you know, I guess, glory into my works, you know, but towards the cross and that there's nothing that I can do. Right. There's nothing that I can do to save myself. Right. You know, there's somebody who lived righteously for us on our behalf and paid that sin debt in full. The way that God relates to us
1: is through the cross, you know, and that's just a, it was an amazing realization.
0: I I mean, amen. So uh, Steve, can we just talk about how uh, Martin Luther and what tradition says, how he came to write the 95 uh, thesis? I do find it interesting. that tradition has uh, Martin Luther one evening uh, walking on the streets streets of uh, Wittenberg and happened to uh, come across a parishioner who was lying drunk in a gutter. You know, as Luther rebuked him for public drunkenness, uh, his parishioner fumbled around his coat, finally hands him a uh, uh, hands him uh, a indulgence paper. I believe it was a piece of paper and he waved it at him back and forth and proclaiming that brother, brother Tetzel, uh, had issued him an indulgence that offered complete forgiveness to all sins past, present and future. And, and I guess that really disturbed Luther.
1: Yeah. And that's what really led to the writing of the thesis and nailing them on the Wittenberg door, right, in October 31,
0: 1517. Yeah, so uh, history has it that he retreated to his study that same night and wrote a list of arguments to address this problem. And then the next day, on October 31st, like you said, 1517, he nailed the list to the church doors at Wittenberg. I mean, (laughs) to just start that off, can, like— he's so upset you know that somebody hand him a piece of paper after he decided to you know rebuke that uh that guy for being drunk and and he's like here man i got a free pass like you just can't do that i mean i think that would bother me i I do um i i do find it interesting that in before we just move on over here uh steve i found it interesting in this book they actually had a picture of an actual indulgence yeah and um and there is a on line four there is actual an actual space left Mm, big enough that you can put your name in there okay and and that way if you ever got in trouble you can just just uh pass it to whoever was rebuking you so you know and we can talk about that and we should uh talk about just what pope leo the tenth was doing and how him and uh, Tetzel were uh, Tetzel. Tetzel were uh, getting yeah. together and, and doing what they were doing. So,
1: just a little bit of background on the indulgences. They uh, it was something that was pretty typical in the church at that time, um, and it was first instituted during the time of the Crusades. Mm. It said that the church uh, considered those who went on the Crusades worthy of certain merits and graces. And so it dispensed uh, blessings on them, but not every person obviously could go. And so uh, the the church made it possible for such people to receive these blessings by sending money instead. And so began the buying of indulgences. And then it went uh, continued on to the selling of indulgences as a medieval sacrament of penance, which entailed four steps, contrition, confession, satisfaction, and absolution. And so the contrition involves the sorrow for sin, um, which is expressed to the, as confession to the priest and then follow satisfaction, which is a work of merit, such as fasting prayers or giving alms. And it's called satisfaction because it satisfies God for the sin committed, which is interesting. The priest then announces absolution or forgiveness as the power of the gospel is particularly applied to the sin confessed. And eventually the practice of indulgences uh, grew um, because of that uh, practice of, of giving absolution. Um, and so people could purchase indulge- indulgences and that ended up replacing contrition and confession as well.
0: Yeah, and and so what started happening, and we, I think we should talk about uh, Pope Leo X, um, so what was happening is that after this indulgence, you know, I I believe Luther was like, what's happening here, you know? Like he he gets upset about this, but Pope let's talk about Pope Leo X. Uh what was happening now, uh, around this time is that um Pope Leo determined to make Rome a a a in general like the focal point of everything and he wanted it,
1: it to be the focus of culture, I guess yeah, at that time, right? Absolutely. He was from a wealthy family and and put a lot of emphasis on culture mm-hmm. and
0: art. And so he was commissioning a lot of attractions and he was running the church mm-hmm. into financial ruins. And one of the things that he was also doing at the St. Peter Basilica, uh, and this is, and just so that our listeners out there, this is the time of uh, Michelangelo, Raphael, uh, Dewar, and he, was commissioning some of these guys to do a lot of work at st peter basilica uh, and those guys were not cheap yeah i mean these guys were genius at the craft and mm-hmm. art at the time i mean uh for a lot of uh uh art art buffs and history buff i mean if you guys ever seen some of their paintings or sculptures like it is absolutely just marvelous it is i yeah. mean i I mean, God didn't give me that gift, you know, like I, I like, yeah, so <laughs> and I found it interesting, though, that uh, Pope Leo, uh, while, you know, trying to get buildings and sculptures, uh, and it came at a considerable cost. Um, and what he started desiring is that I'm going to go ahead and do all these things so that people can come and see what we're doing. And at the expense of of the peasants, exactly of that time, yeah. the poor, you know, it was costing a lot of money, and I'm sure a lot of just uh, detriment to that population.
1: yeah, so he needed money, he needed to raise money in order to do that remodel or that uh, art, the cultural work that they're doing for the uh, St. Peter's Basilica. And so he engaged Albert of Mainz, who was a uh, already had two, bishop mm-hmm. posts and uh he wanted another one so uh Arch- archbishop of mainz complied and uh he hired Johann Tetzel mm. and uh monk Johann Tetzel and so Tetzel devised a scheme to raise money mm-hmm. by the unprecedented sale of indulgences. And uh that's where we come into the story of Luther. And so Luther Luther uh started selling these indulgences which promised complete forgiveness of past and future sins can you imagine yeah it promised absolution of sins without contrition or true repentance offered absolution without satisfaction or works of merit instead one could simply buy satisfaction for sin and this is what really got luther riled up and uh, consequently a large number of the 95 theses challenge that practice by tetzel
0: and i think this was the first time i believe in history that we see a a marketing jingle being applied exactly right uh and i i I do want to point out i mean let's face it, guys, we live in a society right now where jingles are everything, right? We turn on the TV or commercial. I mean, we, you know, jingles are a, a catchy way to remember. Uh, I still uh, remember the Big Mac jingle from 30 <laughs> years ago. Oh, you just sing that. Well, <laughs> <Rolled laughs> beef, patty, special sauce, sauce
1: lettuce, cheese, pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Onions and a sesame and we see uh, You
0: know, uh, in Chicago, they had a lot of just jingle, you know. It, it, I believe the... Um, uh the the carpet guy you know you know five 8, eight eight two three hundred hundred <laughs> empire like it became like a national thing That's that. right but it yeah jingles are, are are hilarious but here so let's go back to tesla you know he did he did devise a marketing jingle emphasizing these benefits and i'm just going to read the english trans mm. uh translation of this it says that every time a coin in the coffer rings a soul from purgatory it springs so can you imagine like people who are um do not understand this and they're just like oh but i gotta get my loved one my love my loves one loved ones out of purgatory and the money that they are just spending on this and the jingle that's involved i mean i mean i'm sure they're singing that right i mean it's very deceptive you know? it is
1: and it preyed on the people who were least uh, able to afford it, and most sus- most susceptible. You know, these were um, a lot of the peasants. They didn't even have the word of God in their own language that they could read, mm. typically on their own. So they didn't they didn't know any difference. They you know w- believed whatever it was that the church taught, and uh, they could least afford it as well. And so it r- it really was very difficult for the common people the the people that uh, were the market for this and that's another reason why it angered luther so much because it was just taking advantage of the the common people
0: yeah and uh, and he and and he t- uh, luther uh, actually touches this on his uh, thesis on uh, number 27 uh, he says, they preach man-made doc- doctrines who say that as soon as the coin jingles into the money box, the soul flies out of purgatory. And, and again, uh, this phrase was rather catchy in German. And if you guys do le- know German and can read this, is it, uh, I can't read German, but I, I can see it here. Uh, I'm sure that it's something that people were just saying, but that one was number 27 in his, uh, 95 thesis and, yeah. and I found that very interesting. So, um, so let, us go into the, the, the 95, uh, thesis, um, here real quick, uh, Steve, um, we're going to start with the first one I think is important. Uh, I'm sure that he, he goes ahead and nails, uh, these thesis against, uh, the, the church, and uh, it's going to be the first one that everybody's going to read, right? Right, right. Uh, so um, thesis one says, when our Lord and master, Jesus Christ said, repent, he intended that the entire life of believers should be repentance. Um, I don't know how many of you guys know, but Luther, after writing the 95 thesis, he also came back and wrote the explanation of The 95 Thesis, which uh, that's awesome because we have him right in front of me uh, in front of us. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, and I found it interesting that um, what he says here that Luther Luther notes that the Greek text meaning simply repent as translated in most English versions of the Bible. Luther is arguing that penance or merely outward acts is not in accord with spiritual teaching concerning the forgiveness of sin. True repentance, or that which God requires, is a heart change followed by a life of obedience. Yeah. And the next three points help
1: to make that clear. Mm-hmm. And so it, yeah, He's ahead. just talking about uh, number point number two. He says, this word repentance cannot be understood to mean the, satis- the sacrament of penance or the act of confession and satisfaction administered by the priests. And then number three yet it does not mean inward repentance only as there is no outward repentance that does not manifest itself outwardly through various mortifications of the flesh and that last one um, just a little bit of an explanation on that it says luther sees the connection between the inward change of heart and the external life of obedience which he characterizes here from romans 6 and 7 as mm. putting. Putting the flesh to death throughout his writings luther addresses this same issue But uses the terminology of law and gospel typically He is interpreted as emphasizing gospel and deprecating law, especially after salvation He emphasizes his emphasis on the life of obedience here. However needs to be considered in
0: the discussion And and I would think that that would be the balance of the gospel Mm -hmm. right Uh, as we are looking of the law and grace yeah, would that would would I be right in saying that, Steve?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, we need to have the law first. We need to know the bad news before the good news, and that's why the good news is so is so good. But that that life of repentance, you know, faith and repentance are often referred to as two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's true faith, there's going to be a a life of change as well, a change of direction, of change of change of mind, literally that leads to a change of direction in our lifestyle
0: yeah and uh and that is so true i and you know we opened up the podcast uh um today with the readings uh, a reading of romans chapter 1 16 and 17 which uh, uh many believe he said that that was the verse that completely uh yeah, changed exactly uh, his his way of just thinking and i i, I love that that verse um as we move on to some of these uh, other uh, f- theses, I don't, know, I don't know if you have any one in part- particular that stood out to you. Um, one of the ones that uh, uh, Dr. Nichols uh, addresses says the true, this is number 62. The true treasure of the church is the most holy gospel of all the glory and grace of God. Yeah, and then he goes on in sixty three. He says, "But this treasure is naturally uh, most odious, for it makes the first to be the last." Hmm. I mean, it's it's going to be hard for us to read all the theses in here, but a lot of them are just absolutely rich in truth. Um, again, we were uh, earlier we were talking about. Uh, uh, pope leo the 10th you know in, in thesis number five he says the pope does not intend to remit and cannot remit any penalties except those that he is imposed either by his own authority or by authority of the canons hmm. and luther is speaking directly to the pope the authority to pardon sin and remit punishment in purgatory in this process Lord, uh, Luther uh shows that tetzel's indulgences are invalid i wonder I wonder as uh, th- the ninety five thesis um, is being distributed distributed all over uh, the country, uh, we we, we got to remember that the printing press is already been invented, right. Um, so mass production of this was quickly done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I find it amazing how technology in that time, was able to spread this like wildfire
1: yeah exactly and it wasn't even Luther per se that yes. did that right it was actually going back a little bit the whole dispute started because Luther nailed those thesis on the door at Wittenberg mm. but he just wanted it to be an academic
0: yes a debate
1: discussion exactly and it was apparently his students mm. or somebody who who knew him saw these and made copies of them and they ended up getting distributed all over and and leading to the to the Reformation as we know it.
0: And right, nobody wanted to debate this, and he he gave an opportunity and said, "Hey, if you want to have this debate, we can also do a written debate on this." And nobody right. nobody answered him yeah. back, which was uh, interesting. Sounds like our current uh, uh, political climate with uh, yeah. with. The- <laughs> Vice president and the president, but you know, <laughs> that's another story. We won't go there. Today. We, we, we won't go there today. Um, what's another thing that, uh, stood out to you just Steve of, of the 95, uh, uh, thesis. Well, going back to number
1: 12, mm. 12 and 14, 12, number 12 in former times, the canonical penalties were imposed not after, but before absolution as tests of true contrition. Mm. and Luther's point draws attention to the fact that forgiveness or absolution theor- theoretically follows contrition and satisfaction Tetzel's indulgence offers forgiveness without any true sorrow for sin or works of satisfaction and so again it's just the, the buying of forgiveness which is completely contrary to the gospel to the the penal aton- the nece- the necessity for the penal atonement of Jesus Christ, right? Somebody had to pay the penalty for sin. Yeah. And uh, that's absolutely what the indulgences contradicted.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) yeah, for sure. And then number 14, it says the imperfect spiritual health or the imperfect love of the dying person necessarily brings with it great fear and the smaller the love, the greater is the great fear. The the greater is the fear. Luther discusses the abuse of penance by focusing on purgatory. Um, Tetzel's indulgence claimed that it provided total remission of all sins for souls in purgatory. And then Luther concludes in Thesis 24, there simply is no basis for this claim. Mm. And then in number 24, he says, therefore, the greater part of the people are necessarily deceived that by by that indiscriminate and high sounding promise of release from
0: penalty. It, you know, it almost even sounds uh, the the practice of religion today and mm. just other religions yeah. where, um, especially in here where we are in Laredo, this is, this uh, community is, um, A large majority of it is Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. Roman Catholicism reigns supreme here in this town. And um, one of the things that I find interesting as I've been here in Laredo and Steve, you've been here for years upon years of how many people come out of Roman Catholicism and, 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 and they're just like, yeah, like I would just live however I just wanted to live. And I would just go to church on Sunday, right? And confess my sin, but I would just go back and yeah. live in the world as just this pagan person. And I thought it was okay because all I live, live, however, I want to live. And then I would just come in on Sunday, get forgiven, do your, uh, your, Hail your, Marys confession, and your yeah. confessions and, and, and I was set
1: very ritualistic as opposed to the heart change again, which is yeah. why that's, that's really so critical that, mm. that faith includes a change of mind that leads to a change of lifestyle, a desire to go in a different direction from where you were going before, to be obedient to the Lord, to live in a way that's righteous. Not that we do it perfectly, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, no. we're, we're in the process of sanctification all throughout our lives. But uh, there is that important element that we can't overlook.
0: And and I think that's what Martin Luther got. Mm, you know, After doing all his monkery of trying to appease, uh, a, a God, you know, and try to live perfectly because he was afraid that he was going to get zapped. And I'm just paraphrasing that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I find it just absolutely, uh, uh, amazing just how, uh, God was youth using Luther and getting him ready to just, uh, uh, transform the landscape of Christendom to, day that that's where we go back and you know we we
1: see it as the starting point really for the protestant reformation again we trace our roots back as protestants to that time not that he had a perfect understanding mm. of what you know probably the the gospel was or especially justification by faith mm. but uh certainly realized that there was an error there was a problem with what the church was teaching
0: which I think that would be a good segue, uh, Steve, to talk about the 95th mm. thesis. Yes. Um, he goes on to say in the last of the 95 theses, number 95, and thus be confident of entering into heaven through many tribulations rather than through the false assurance of peace. And in his explanation, he goes, Luther in his closing statement underscores that he does not wholly understand at this time justification by faith. But by his own admission, he would be it would be another two years. But before his personal theological breakthrough and his recovery recovery of the essential doctrine. And, you know, we were talking about a little bit that he did not have it all understand the understanding of just the gospel and justification uh, by faith Amen. at the time that he wrote the the 95 thesis but it started uh the ball rolling and the transformation in exactly and i think again this is where
1: we get sola scriptura you mm-hmm. know are we going to rely on what the church says or are we going to have as the bible our ultimate authority and that's what luther really emphasize going back to god's word as the ultimate authority and you saw the the discrepancy there mm. between what the church was teaching and what the bible was teaching
0: yeah wow it's it, it's amazing how just god just raises uh people up in history mm. for his glory and um and and the people that he uses um, to do that, and I think God. it
1: gives us hope too yeah, as well, right? Absolutely. Because we don't all have we don't have it all perfectly put together, yeah. We but don't. the Lord continues to work in us and conform yeah. us and mold us.
0: Yeah, we all don't have our everything together, our theology completely together, and 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 there's nothing that we can do um, in our walk with Christ to make Make him accept us anymore. We're only accepted because what he's done on the cross. And I just want to repeat that again, amen. Just for our listeners, for you know, if if you're a Roman Catholic or any other religion, you know that works cannot get you into heaven. Hmm. You know, the Bible in Isaiah is very clear that our works are like filthy rags. This is why we rest in Christ alone, amen. solo Christa, right? Amen.
1: And I think that's a good that's a good segue to the gospel again, you know mm. the the words from romans, Romans one seventeen that were so crucial to Paul. The righteous shall live by, by faith. faith, you know God saves sinners, not because of what the sinner does, mm. but by faith in Christ, in what Christ has done in in coming to earth, in living that perfect life of obedience in dying on the cross, paying the penalty once for all, for sin, fulfilling the sacrifice for sin for all who believe in him. And, and, and that's, that's truly the good news. And when we, when we get that, when we understand that, when we, when we believe that with all of our heart, it, there's a change that happens in us because of what God has done in us through the work of the Holy Spirit. And we no longer want to live in the way we did before, but we want to live in a way that is obedient, that that follows him, that seeks to live in a way that's holy and righteous. And so that good news is truly good news because it's nothing that we can do. It's totally based on what what god has done for us in christ through his work through the application of the holy spirit
0: of that truth in our heart yeah amen well ladies and gentlemen (laughs) that concludes this week's episode on Martin Luther that was that was fun that was that was a fun discussion that hopefully was a, hopefully that will be interesting to some people yeah absolutely and guys if you guys get an opportunity please you know if you guys want to know more on the topic uh, please go pick out uh, dr. Stephen J Nichols a uh, little handbook it really is only like uh, 30 45 pages long um, Martin Luther 95 thesis and uh, again, it's a really, really compact book with just uh, a lot of just information in just 45 pages. You know, Dr. Uh, Nichols does a really good job with his five minutes in world, uh, church history, yeah. and and just. I don't know how he does it like it sounds so simple but he compacts so much just useful useful information in a little bit of time and 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 steve and i were just discussing it would be a good pocket to just to talk about you know the 95 thesis amen so so, uh again ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in this week uh please don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube uh we're always putting up uh new things and I, i really like the uh, the coffee videos that we've been uh, putting out lately just Joey does a great job with yeah, those. Yeah, uh, Joey that bum. remember him? Uh, <laughs> we love you, Joey. but yeah. uh, uh, Joey is really just concentrating right now within the ministry to just put in, put out a lot of videos mm. and context for the for the ministry because it does help a lot for, for us. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so you know thank you Joey, for what you do for the ministry. And ladies and gentlemen, like we always end our show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Later. Bye-bye.